What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Multiverse Monologues, the podcast show where we like to travel across some multiverses and fandoms that we love to talk about the movies and TV shows that accompany those universes. And today, we're traveling to a franchise for the first time on the podcast. That's right, if you read the title, we're traveling to the Indiana Jones franchise to discuss the fifth installment, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I'm Ethan Wensloff, your co-host for today's Journey Through the Multiverse. And if you're a regular listener of this show, you will recognize the man who is joining me today. He's been on a couple Moon Knight podcasts from back in the day. He was on a Mandalorian podcast. He was on a Rings of Power podcast. That's right. If you know who it is, cheer with me. Parker Duncan. Parker, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Ethan. Yeah. I'm having fun on my week off. Yeah, the, the, so this is our, our week off, me and Parker's week off, where we brought a group of students up to Lake Ann Camp. It was our job to drive them up here. And right now we're, we're chilling all week. We thought we'd have a week off, but Ben and Micah decided that they didn't want to record an episode this week. So we uh, we just saw Indiana Jones, and we, we really want to talk about this movie. There's a lot of uh, interesting, th- uh, that's the word I'll use, interesting things to discuss with this movie. But uh, with that being said, please... We're, we're uh, at three ninety nine currently on YouTube, so we'd really appreciate a subscription on YouTube. Or if you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave us a review. That would be great. It would help boost us in the ratings and tell your friends about us. That's the best way that people learn about podcasts. But without further ado, let's grab our sling rings, hop in that TARDIS, and hit that hyperdrive, because we're going to the Indiana Jones franchise. to save you oh yeah and who's gonna come to save you junior i told you don't call me junior yes indiana jones and the dial of destiny we're here to talk about it but before we do that i kind of want to just set the stage and establish uh, how our fandom sits with the Indiana Jones franchise because we talk about Marvel on here a lot. We talk about Star Wars a lot. We talk about DC, Lord of the Rings occasionally, but we we have yet to talk about Indiana Jones. And I think it's it's so perfect that the guest I have today, Parker Duncan, is getting to talk about Indiana Jones with us because Parker, I just want to ask you and t- tell me and all the listeners what is your history with Indiana Jones. Why do you love this character? What What is the significance of this franchise to you? When I was growing up, Lego Indiana Jones was my favorite video Great game. Great game. Yeah. I would say it trumps Lego Star Wars as the best Lego game. I know some people would disagree with me on that, but I think Indiana Jones is the best one. However, long after I played the Lego games was when I finally watched the movies and I loved them so much, I decided to go to school to become an archaeologist. Ooh. However... Those of you who know me know that I am not anymore going to school to be an archaeologist because I found out that they have to write too many papers and I hate writing papers. So ju- just for context, you, you saw the Indiana Jones movies. You saw what Harrison Ford was doing as Indiana Jones. You said, I want to do that for a career. You went to pursue it and you're like, wait a second. This is nothing. I'm not running <laughs> from nothing bold. like this Indiana is Jones. nothing like where's, Indiana Jones. Where's the booby traps? Where are the booby traps? Yeah, where's where are the, the Nazis? Mummies? Yeah, where are the Nazis? I want to punch some Nazis. And I love that you bring up the Lego game because I think for you and me and a lot of people from our generation, that, that was how we were introduced to Indiana Jones. I was too young to watch uh, Indiana Jones when the Lego games came out. So that was my only, that was my only Indiana Jones. Yeah, you, for a so long while. The, the appeal for this franchise came through the games. So even to this day, when I'm watching those first four films, I can't help but see the Lego scenes that accompany those uh, those movies. And specifically in The Last Crusade, when Indiana Jones is picking the uh, the cup, the cup oh, yeah. from The Last Supper, Jesus, the cup of Christ, when he's picking that, I'm always surprised in the movie how quickly he grabs the cup and drinks from it. Because if you played that Lego game, that level, it is a huge deal. It's it so like, well, stressful. Like 50 cups like or something. 50, so? Yeah. So many cups you can grab. Well, I played it. I hadn't watched the movies. I didn't know what cup to pick. 
I no. just was picking random cuffs and trying them and failing. Yeah, I'm always surprised when because yeah, we we played the Lego games before, so that kind of r- wired how we watch the movies and kind of associating what happens on screen. But what what is it about these movies for you, Parker, that really appeals to you to the character? Anything specific? Um, I really just love how, um, like especially you see in like Raiders of the Lost Ark where. There's not a whole ton of effort put into the story. It's the fun action adventure, Nazi punching, uh, artifact hunting. Like, it's just a fun adventure to watch. Yeah, you're not you're not in it to critique it because, like, I don't I don't even know if I can make like a plot diagram for you. Like for the well, I think. I think those first... You just go from action sequence to action sequence. Very true. But I think there is like substance underneath those. Oh, and I, yeah, th- I think sure. Raiders, Temple of Doom, Last, Last Crusade, Crusade for sure has a lot th- of stuff. Those are three fantastic films, if you ask me. All very good in different ways. But for me, what really is appealing about Indiana Jones is it's just this dude. And he has a whip. He has the hat. He's cool. He's smug. He's just punching dudes. Like you said, he's running from giant boulders. He's just a man. And Mm -hmm. to me, what, what really elevates the early movies of this franchise are the practical effects, the practical, Mm, like it is, we're so far removed from this and we kind of get to grab this and Indiana Jones is a perfect franchise to do this with because you get to see the progression and the use of CGI later in the movies. And kind of how they go from just all practical to that that one map painting of the warehouse at the end that they they had to paint, but then as you get to uh, Crystal Skull and and spoiler alert yes in Dial of Destiny they use CGI I'm very sorry to reveal that to people but <laughs> to me that that was the that's the huge appeal of those first three just knowing that no it's it's not always Harrison Ford but that's a guy doing those stunts that there there's that stunt in the last crusade when he jumps from the horse onto the tank they had to actually yeah. do that and i i love the the behind the scenes info that comes with that because that that's so hard to pull off and even the minecart sequence from a temple of yeah. doom they built that set and then the, they built miniatures to model those shots and you can even pause it during the movie and identify where the miniatures are like I don't care if you that that's evident in the film if I can pause and see that they're miniatures. I really appreciate the effort and the craft behind that. Yeah, like I I like to think of um in the Last Crusade when the tank goes over the cliff and the tank crashes, you can see the little dummy of the yeah. general dude who goes like ragdolling around. Like in today's day and age, that would have just been CGI. They wouldn't have bothered practical affecting it. Like it would have just computer edited a tank crashing, and it wouldn't hold the exact same feel yeah no there's a there's a mm-hmm. charm to it and there's a weight you feel the the sense of danger that indy is in and you really there's like s- an actual like boulder rolling out so that's yeah it's an actual boulder it's not just cgi and uh so this this week we're at we're at camp i have a room here at camp and we've we've set up a laptop and we've watched this week we watched the last crusade and we watched Crystal Skull leading up to the release of Dial of Destiny mm-hmm. because it had been quite a few years since we'd seen uh, Crystal Skull. Mm-hmm. And Parker, we, we are fresh off that movie. That movie gets a lot of hate. But coming right off that and going into Dial of Destiny and knowing that the reviews were not the best, uh, IGN gave Dial of Destiny a four, a four. A four out of ten. So I had tempered my expectations. Wow. I wasn't the most excited for this movie. It's still Indiana Jones. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity Mm -hmm. to see Indiana Jones in the theater. You get to see that score. There's definitely a magic about this for sure. There's definitely not a lot of magic, but before we dive into dial of destiny, I want to jump back to the crystal skull, the kingdom of the crystal skull. Uh, what, what a most recent rewatch. What are the big takeaways from that? And going right off of that, were there any, huge concerns you had going into dial of destiny um well let's see so the big thing in crystal skull is the aliens the i don't want to see aliens and 
That's like the all the memes about like History Channel and how they let, had like let the me correct species. you. It is interdimensional. Sorry, beings, yes. Parker, not aliens because uh, Steven Spielberg would not do the movie if it was aliens. So they had to throw he, that line. He in there. tried real hard to make sure we knew that they weren't aliens. He tried a little too hard. Yes, but yeah, go ahead. You were um, saying. So, I've I've always had a problem with Crystal Skulls going after aliens because. Like, it reminds me of, like, the conspiracy theorists, like, oh, the pyramids were built by the aliens. Like, in the first three Indiana Jones, we see more, like, more or less actual history. Like, historical relics that, like, there's actually records of that Indy's hunting for. And, like, there's a there's a supernatural presence to them. Yeah. Whereas in Crystal Skull, there's just aliens. And I don't know. It doesn't really vibe with. Yeah. You, you lose a lot of the feel and the, uh, the magic, I'd say, of those first three when you Mm -hmm. introduce something like a Crystal Skull and Mm -hmm. this council of, uh, interdimensional beings into the world. But, to me, the, the huge takeaway after the most recent rewatch of Crystal Skull was just how weightless it felt. And the, yeah. the pe- people talk about how like we're in a good, good old golden age and how like CGI is getting better and better. But you really do, regardless of how good CGI looks, and we'll talk about it when we get to Dial of Destiny, regardless of how good it looks, you do lose the magic, the feel uh, just for comparison, in The Last Crusade, there's that opening sequence that's fantastic with young Indy, and he's running across the trains. Mm-hmm. We, we can draw that direct comparison to the opening scene of Dial of Destiny, where Indy, there, there is also a scene on a train, but mm-hmm. they just feel completely different. Not that, not that the Dial of Destiny train scene is bad. We'll talk about it in a minute. But the, you just you you appreciate the practicality of it and the realism yeah. and the, the fun that mm. comes with that. Uh, for me, what the, the last, the crystal skull mm. biggest takeaway from my most recent rewatch was it. I don't think my big, I, I don't think I hate the alien element. Not my favorite. It's just mm. the CGI. It gets me. And yes, you have the famous scene of Shia LaBeouf swinging with monkeys <laughs> Uh, the famous fight where he's getting Shia LaBeouf is doing the splits between two cars. And he's getting hit in the crotch. You want to talk about weightless CGI. That's yes. He's not getting hit there. And you can so obviously flow. <laughs> but to me, the, the biggest sin of that movie was when they're driving that car and Marion Indy's like, don't drive off that cliff. And then she does. And they land in the tree. And that's the tree. <laughs> They land the tree lowers them safely into the water, and then it goes back up and hits uh, the Soviet hits the Soviets up there, and they fall in the water. You're just it's so interesting what because you see George Lucas do it too with the prequels. Once CGI is on the table, and once you can start telling bigger stories and bigger action pieces, you they they try to do it and. I, they just, they don't pull it off. But mm-hmm. when talking about the crystal skull, we can now roll into Indiana Jones and the dial of destiny. So beyond this point, we're going to do spoilers for Indiana Jones and the dial of destiny. But Parker, we're, we're fresh out. We're less than a couple hours out of the theater. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on Indiana Jones and the dial of destiny? Uh, well, um, well, that's very good start. <laughs> We've been talking like back and forth for these few hours and just little jabs. We've, we wanted we, to save the meat of it for sitting down, but there's, there are just some elements of this movie where we just had to spill early. I'm just not sure what to say about it. We, it is, th- that's a very good take because you're not, a lot of it, you're really just, I'd say my, you, they never really establish it to be an Indiana Jones film. Yes, you have that opening sequence mm-hmm. with de-aged Harrison Ford. You have young Harrison Ford talking and old man Harrison Ford voice <laughs> behind it. 
I think that whole opening scene is really good. Mm-hmm. I think it's really fun. It kind of captures the vibe of indie. Yes. You're excited. But then it was kind of obvious that it was old Harrison Ford talking. though. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But whatever. That's it looked great. It looked good. Yeah. yeah. The de-aging technology looked great. I thought the action and that opening scene was really fun. And then I'd say once it jumped forward and we meet 80 year old Harrison Ford in the 1960s on moon day, it really, it, to me, it never felt like an Indiana Jones yeah. movie after that. Mm-hmm. Cause even crystal skull, I'd say there are glimpses in that movie for as bad it is, as it is that I can look at and go, man, that is a great sequence of Indiana Jones being Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. But I feel like once you get past that prologue and you're in the current day of the movie, it never, it's Harrison Ford. He's delivering great lines. You love his performance, but it never really gets that Indiana Jones magic back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, go ahead. I, I, I think that's a pretty great way to put it. Um, like it really did feel like they were, Taking boxes on how to make an Indiana Jones movie, like oh, Fear of Snakes, got that with the eels. Um, but we got not a, really, not yeah. re- kind of. They they had to find a way to get in there. Room full of bugs, check that off. Um, uh, let's see what else. Like get going the whip into in a, there, the yeah, hat, the whip, yeah, the hat, the they got a cave in there with an old relic in it. Check. Yeah, to me, I think the biggest problem with this movie is I never cared about the relic. They never got yeah. me to care about the dial. And mm-hmm. what's the name of the dial, Parker? Uh, Archimedes dial. Archimedes dial. I never cared about the Archimedes dial. They they set it up in the opening scene. It's they never really, truly give it the weight that yeah, it has. Because they, they basically start and they have half of it in the beginning of the movie. And the movie kind of go. They spent, it's a two and a half hour movie, mm-hmm. but they don't really get a lot done in this two and a half hour movie. Mm-hmm. They, they, they like, all right, my thing. So they time travel in this movie. They just yeah. do. They go back to the ancient Rome. Ancient Rome. Why? Did, so when you're storyboarding a new Indiana Jones movie, I feel like what they did, what James Mangold, who directed this, he's a great director. He's done Wolverine, he did Logan, he gets a new Star Wars project coming up. He's done good work. So I'm not discrediting his his ability to direct, but when you're st- storyboarding how to do an Indiana Jones movie, it, it felt like they looked at what Crystal Skull did and how bonanza Crystal Skull went. And they said, All right, let's let's go a little crazier than that. Let's, they didn't like the aliens so aliens, much. Let's the, let's try out time track. They wouldn't like aliens. So what's Everyone knows how to ground a franchise. Time travel. Let's do time travel. It worked great for Avengers Endgame. Everyone yeah. loved them. Oh, so top charts. Yeah. So you you want us to do a time traveling story where Indiana Jones goes back to uh, places and things from the original trilogy? You want us to do that? That would maybe maybe be kind of fun. It's hit or miss. Mm-hmm. It's a big risk. You want us to do that, James? Uh, no. I don't. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go venture through the nostalgia of the old movies. That would be Let's cheap. Take a five ten minutes in ancient Rome. Let's. Uh, so dial dial sounds good next to destiny. Desti- dial of destiny. So yeah. Let's let's make a title and then work the plot around that title. So dial of destiny. What if what if whoever made this dial, it was the the destiny of the dial to travel back in time. What do you think about that? You think that's pretty good, Parker. I. It sounds good on paper. That's, all right. So maybe anyway, when, when you're storyboarding an Indiana Jones movie, d- does any part of you think, all right, time travel that that's Indiana Jones. That's back to the future. Not Indiana scuba, Jones. scuba diving. That that's Indiana I mean, Jones, right? That I, I was okay with that. Yeah. It didn't really feel like Indiana Jones, but a lot of archeology span is underwater scuba diving. So, okay. That, fair. That gets a pass for me. Pass. They bring it in. Uh, but I, it, it just, and I, the set pieces too, that, that's the thing that made the first few so great, those set pieces. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, other than that opening train one, was there any set piece or any action sequence 
in this movie that left you feeling satisfied with it? Um, I, I did like the car chase in Morocco. Mm -hmm. Um, like it does feel kind of weird being in a more mod, a little bit more modern setting. Mm -hmm. Um, like who's all the grit and grime of those old ones. yeah, Yeah. Like, uh, I think of like, uh, um, the car chase in Raiders of the Lost Ark when they're jumping from military truck to military truck and they're in Egypt and like it's a desert and like you've got uh in the Dial of Destiny this car chase like um I don't know what type of guns they're using but like they just seem a lot more modern and it doesn't really fit with what we think of Indiana Jones as with like Nazi soldiers yeah, and I'd say that's just something that you can't really get past because mm-hmm. Harrison Ford is just old. Yeah. And I mean, we do see for 20 minutes of this movie that de-aging him works out pretty good. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I, I'm pretty sure they didn't want to do a whole movie de-age. So the only other possible solution is to age up the world around Indy, yeah. show him aging into this world. So that I'm okay with that element, but... I just felt like nothing, oops, nothing other than that. Like it, it never grabbed me. The movie never grabbed yeah. me. So, uh, what, what else stood out to you about this take on indie? Th- this is our first time seeing an Indiana Jones movie in the theater. Um, I mean, it was awesome hearing like the Indiana Jones theme on the theater speakers as like, you see Indy come up on the screen for the first time. Um, like you got the hat, the whip in the first few minutes and stuff. Awesome stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's the takeaway of the movie. The first, like I, I told you this on our way home that the, the opening scene was enough to make my ticket worth it. I'm not yeah. mad with this movie. It, I'm just very confused at the direction they went. With, yeah, with time travel. Mm-hmm. So like, I think it was an enjoyable movie. I I enjoyed seeing it. Like the whole thing, uh, it did keep my attention. It just didn't feel like an Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, it it, it didn't. It felt like okay, this is a generic action film with time travel in here for some reason. Yeah, like <laughs> you said, you hadn't seen Uncharted, but for those of you who haven't seen who have seen uncharted it i thought it was very similar to that like it felt like a it it felt like an artifact hunting movie just not specifically indiana jones yeah and it it's the first indiana jones movie to not be directed by steven spielberg and uh you you do feel it i think steven spielberg just knows how to capture uh, Indiana Jones and his look and the way we want him to appear on camera. A lot of the way that uh, the camera angles and the shots looked in this movie, it just it it felt like it never tried to emulate what the old films are doing. That it just was, wanted to be yeah, completely separate. Yeah, that was separate. one thing I really noticed was the camera shots felt much more modern. Like the old the older movies and even Crystal Skull like didn't have like I don't really know the terminology for the different camera shots and stuff, but there was a lot more um, like zoomed out shots. Yeah. In the older ones. wide shots. Yeah. Wide shots. Yeah. No. And it, it, that's just part of what, how filmmaking yeah. changes things and the evolution of how uh, they, they know how to shoot things a lot better now, but yeah, it did. It, it never regained that magic. And, I, I know that we're being a dead horse here because when they did Crystal Skull, they kind of ruined what was a, in many people's opinion, a perfect trilogy. So mm. th- that's why when we're talking about this installment, we're not like, we're not frustrated, really. We're just kind of confused and yeah. uninterested. Mm. But something that was maybe interesting was Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character, Helena. What what did you think of her uh contribution to this film? Um I I wasn't really a big fan, to yeah. be honest. Um I think she might have just been the wrong 
actress for the part, maybe. Um, maybe it's just her the character's writing that I didn't like. I'm not entirely sure. I just didn't. I don't know. I didn't feel like she complimented Indy well. Yeah, so she definitely isn't like your typical companion that you get mm-hmm. from an Indiana Jones film. She's uh, she's the goddaughter of Indiana Jones. It's much more of like a duo movie than a indie with a few side companions. Yeah, so something else that really stood out to me was the amount of scenes that Indiana Jones just wasn't in. There's a lot of this movie where Harrison Ford isn't the focal point. He's an on screen. He doesn't, uh, I I'd love to see a comparison of, uh, the screen time of different characters on this movie, because mm-hmm. I feel like comparing it to the first four, even we'll include crystal skull in this. Just Indiana Jones is huge in all those movies, regardless mm-hmm. of how good you think the fourth one is. He's a really big character in there. He's main character. I know you have mutt in there taking some of the screen time and some of the action, but I felt like Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Helena, she really like dominated a lot of the screen time here. And like you said earlier in the movie, she's written to be annoying. She's written for us not to like. She's kind of a, a quote unquote antagonist, ant- yeah. antagonistic force for Indy. So they're not meant to get along. But yeah, as the film goes along, we're kind of supposed to grow to be endeared to her. And by the end of the movie... Uh, I'm like I am with a lot of this. What are we supposed to feel by the end of this movie? So Marion comes back mm-hmm. and they do the the classic. Where's it hurt? Where doesn't it hurt? You know, it doesn't hurt on my lips. Give me a little smooch. They do that classic thing, a good fun callback. But then it ends on the the Fubuala Bridge takes a group of kids to go get ice cream with Sala, and then it ends on the close up of the hat. It's like, okay, he's hung up the hat and then he grabs it. So is there more? Is there more? That That's what I don't know. Cause I'd say even with a lot of these other like reboot sequel movies, you feel the ending. You feel like, okay, I didn't like that per se, but you built to this ending, you built to something mm. and that's the ending that's definitive. But this, the door is wide open. No part of this yeah. ending. So there is that there is that scene where they're back in time. They're talking to Archimedes. Is that his name? Yeah. Archimedes. And he's like, oh, my goodness, Indy, stay with me. And Indy's like crying and he's saying, OK, I'm ready to die in the past. And then uh, that's ripped out from us. And he's just back in present day. Mm-hmm. Not that I, wa- I didn't want Indy to die in the past, but that felt like that was going to be an ending at and it least. it felt like it was going to be a good ending. You felt like I, I was ready for that. You would have liked him um, to... So let, let's backtrack to... So Dial of Destiny, we we figured, I asked you on the car ride to the theater, are they going to time travel? Is this a time travel movie? I said, nah, they're not actually going to do no, it. They're not gonna, this is Indiana let's have Jones. the villain activated and get zapped back in time and who knows what happened to him. Yeah, like just like the other movies. Yeah, the Ark of the Covenant will zap him. You know, Ark of the Covenant has the dial will zap him somewhere and he'll die, he'll melt. No. When that portal opens up. I looked at you and, and you looked at they're, me. <laughs> they're flying through this portal oh, to man. the past. And he's like, you can't, you you miscalculated the, the dial. You didn't account for the velocity or the continental drift. The con- There you go. Parker's got the terms. The continental drift. You didn't account for it. They fly in there. I'm and like, no way. You're just. They actually did it. Because you, you're you not even that surprised either because it felt like it was building to that moment. Mm. But why, why? Why? Why is that the choice? I still just. I get like, okay, he's a guy who loves artifacts and you want to take him back in time. I it. <laughs> Like people said that end game, they jumped the shark a little with time travel and mm-hmm. a lot of people really hate time travel in general. To me, time travel is one of my favorite fictional elements. I love the idea of time travel. Mm-hmm. It just makes when executed right, it can make stories so fun, but this just, it felt like they needed a plot. They wanted to do 
something absurd and ridiculous and they thought time travel up. But d- d- you know what I'm saying? I'm just, yeah. I'm still trying to, pro- like, they so- ended the movie with basically making Indiana Jones's line of work completely obsolete. Because <laughs> he still has a dial at the end, right? Yeah. And free to use. Free to use the dial and travel back in time. Yeah, I, what really I was thinking about was how, you know, year, years ago when this was announced, I was so excited to potentially be able to see an Indiana Jones movie in the theaters with my dad. Mm-hmm. But I know for a fact that this is not something he wants to see. Indiana Jones time travel. When we when we watched the movie theater, <laughs> there was, what, maybe one other young couple in so, there? So, yeah, that th- this is good good context you got to set the stage we had a really great like i'm not even being sarcastic we had a really great movie theater experience mm-hmm. we went to the amc in traverse city michigan uh it's a 3 45 p.m showing so really early you have all the old couples in there like you see this really yeah this old these two One old women come in younger couple and everyone else is at least over the age of 50 at yeah, the youngest super old but it was really cool to see that like we had these these two women walked in and i leaned over to parker i'm like you know back in the day they were mad crushing harrison <laughs> ford they just worked but i'm i'm sitting there in the theater watching it and i remember my first time ever watching crystal skull was with my dad and he turned it off halfway through because of how ridiculous it got mm-hmm. and i know that there's no way that this is something he wanted to see so I ask who, because we we did read some of the reviews. We haven't seen the overwhelming amount of reviews. We're mm-hmm. we're rec- this will probably post on a uh, Monday morning, but we're recording this on Thursday uh, night. Thursday night. So mm-hmm. we haven't seen the opening weekend reactions. We don't really know what a lot of people are thinking and feeling about this movie. But who who wanted to see this? Was Indiana Jones time traveling ever a bucket list item for Not you? For me, no, and. I don't understand this direction or why, because they had the opportunity to do whatever they wanted. I would have loved for them to take a more grounded approach, just do some good old fashioned Indiana Jones. Like, yeah, Harrison Ford is old mm-hmm. and stunts were a huge part of those first ones, but also so was just the archaeological finds. Mm-hmm. He's not too old to do that. That's yeah. really fun. So my main thing is, well, I, we've talked about to death, but why do that time travel? Any anything else that didn't work for you? Um, I don't think there was anything else that made me like face palm anywhere near as much as the time <laughs> when travel. they flew through that portal. I didn't like literally face palm, but it was it was a face palm. It, moment. You it just you felt the whole movie lose all sense of weight and meaning i felt i just i feel like i checked out in that moment when that happened like i haven't seen any of the fast and furious movies Mm -hmm. but i do know that they take a car to space they do take a car to space yeah this one in the ninth one they do that i think it just kind of feels like that like how did we get here (laughs) how do we go from a to b to z right there yeah and it's just so interesting to chronicle because you 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 revived this franchise. This was a dead franchise, very dead until 2008, where they tried. They at least tried. Mm-hmm. You felt like they put a lot of effort to try to emulate what yeah. the old indie movies felt like. And yeah, the overuse of CGI and the aliens mm-hmm. took you they out of tried, that. They did their best to make a new indie movie that felt like an indie movie, but modernized it. Yeah. And I think they modernized it maybe a little bit too much. But... um. I still think they did a decent job. Like, it's still pretty laughable. Crystal Skull. Crystal Skull, yeah. yeah. Um, like, just, what was it, two nights ago when we watched it? <laughs> like, I was watching the, the beginning, I was like, oh, this isn't too bad. I I thought I remember it being worse, but, oh, maybe it's not too bad. And then we get to the part where Shia LaBeouf is swinging with yeah. the monkeys. Yeah. And from there on, it just kind of steps down and down like get the monkeys 
then not long after that is all the ants um the yes. man eating ants the man eating ants then you got the they drive off the cliff into the tree that you talked about earlier <laughs> and then they have the three waterfalls that the they three drive into waterfalls that they fall off of the aliens show up um they're somehow using tracking chips in very true the was it the 50s um and then we end off with aliens and flying saucers that are not aliens or yeah sorry totally not aliens yes and your point being with this dial of destiny like it kind of felt like that and like you started off good and then you kind of were losing me and then you're like wait a minute I feel they're, like they're so, actually doing this. Yeah. Wait a minute. So where Crystal Saul goes, it starts off good. Uh, they nuke the fridge and you're really like, why did they do that? But then they kind of recover from that. It still feels like indie. You have him and Shia LaBeouf. Uh, and was it Peru? No, Chile, I think. Chile, they're maybe Peru being attacked and then Indy like blows a dart at the guy. Yeah. That felt like, okay, this is, it's, it's maintaining pace. And then, yeah, there's that drastic drop when mm-hmm. Shia LaBeouf swings with the monkeys. That's where the drop is. But this Dial of Destiny I felt like was, it started off really strong and then right when you pick up with Indy and he's drunk and he's old teacher, he's retiring he's done with his life uh, I just felt like it was a progressive like slowly downhill. There was no like yeah. big jump. Mm. It just was slowly went downhill until they go through yeah. the portal. Like I definitely can't point to any one moment. It's like, that's when I started like losing faith in this movie. Yeah. It never really picked back up. So what, what do you think of Mads Mikkelsen as the, the villain in this movie? I really liked him. I thought he did a pretty good job. My only real complaint was I not entirely sure what he was trying to do. Cause with the dial. Yeah, because so uh, it kind of sounded like he was gonna assassinate Hitler, but I don't know. So if he was what trying he, to take I his think place what his plan? Yes, his plan was to take his place. He wanted to mm-hmm. kill Hitler, and then uh, do what Hitler did, but more to his vision and what he would do. Like correct Hitler's mistakes. Yeah, correct Hitler's okay. mistakes. So yeah, that's a cool, cool villain mm-hmm. idea. I guess they. I think they established that too late, though. Yeah, it's it's definitely. It, it's established literally as they're flying into. It's like, what do you want to do here anyways? I'm like, oh, I'm going to kill Hitler. <laughs> what? Aren't you a Nazi? Oh, well, I'm, I'm going to replace him and fix his mistakes. Yeah. Uh, All right. Yeah. And they, and <laughs> they try to do that cool time travel thing too, where uh, they bring the watch that like, oh, Indy found this watch in the, the tomb earlier, watched, and he actually used his dial. Yeah, and he looked at the tomb, or and it had the the eagle with the bent propeller wings on yeah. it. Yeah, like what is that? And then you see when they crash the plane, all the propellers are bent like that. Archimedes, Archimedes is that his name? Yeah, he he saw this and was like, "Oh wow, this is crazy!" And then he has to predestine the dial to come back. It's just very like what. I, I don't know. I don't know I'm what to think really about sure this movie. I'm not really sure if he, like, Archimedes actually used it, or if he just used those things on his tomb as, like, I don't know, like, because he got those things when they went back to him. They kind of left it iffy on that. It's just more of a general confusion on just mm-hmm. everything. Well, once again, I circle back to, you bring back Indy for maybe a final ride, who knows? Mm-hmm. We don't know. If Harrison Ford wants to do another one, he'll do another one. It's Disney. It's Lucasfilm. They'll pump out a movie if they w- want to make a movie. Mm-hmm. And I guess story doesn't matter anymore. We- we'll really have to see how box office this holds up. Because I don't know mm-hmm. how many people are really like hyped to see Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I know we were. We liked the old mm-hmm. films. We were like, regardless of if this is good or bad, we want to see this in the theater. But is there a huge fan base for indie right now? No, but like, I mean, I think what we saw in the theater, like you've got a lot of older folks mm-hmm. who saw the original films in theaters coming back to see this. Like, Yeah, and if that's the I, demographic I, audience, 
again time travel yeah why like a, i think there are a, there is a decent amount of young people wanting to see this but i think what stood out to me was that like the amount of old people mm-hmm. in the theater um like i think that might boost up the box of office numbers a little bit more yeah because all the, like all the, the appeal it's not in the cultural zeitgeist indiana jones isn't in there anymore but you've got the older generation coming back into theaters who probably haven't seen many movies in the theaters for a while just to see this <laughs> it was so funny but we were sitting in the movie theater and all these like they played like 10 trailers before Indiana Jones went on. Each one, like the old ladies behind us were like, oh, well, that's another movie I don't want to see. That looks that looks horrible. Bad movie number five. Yeah. <laughs> the commentary was really great. It really got me ready for the movie. I was kind of hoping she'd keep that commentary going throughout the film. I would have loved to. I wish I had heard what her opinions. After yeah, we should have we should have brought the microphones and interviewed her. Because <laughs> that... <laughs> Right, right when they time travel, you're sitting in the theater, just baffled. You, you're just so like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I never would. I'm just still. We're still trying to process what we saw because we never think that that was the direction they go. But that aside, let's let's try to bring this back to positivity corner. What what worked for you in this movie? What things did you look at and go? You know what? I really liked that. We did still get to see Indiana Jones being Indiana Jones. Like a lot of people worried that um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character, Helena, mm-hmm. was going to overshadow Indy and become like the new the Indiana new Jones. The new Indiana, yeah. But we saw, we still got to see Indy beating people up, even as old Indy. He was still like the one figuring out the puzzles and clues to get the dial. And like... Even like as they're riding the plane into the storm, Indy still calls out, "Oh, the continental drift." Archimedes yeah. didn't account for continental drift. Yeah, there are some very good indie Indyisms where he's doing his thing, he's solving puzzles. But I don't know if there's enough of that in this movie, right? And you have that that really cool scene of him and the he breaks up the auction and he's there with his whip. He's like. Get away from me. And then everyone pulls out their guns. You know, real, real fun. Our theater got a laugh out of that moment because mm-hmm. that's just Indy. He always gets himself in these over the top scenarios. And like, I think the whole opening sequence is really good. Mm-hmm. I love that. I, the score. Um, this is John, supposedly John Williams' last score ever. Hasn't he said that like several movies? Th- this is. This is his most recent saying of that. I okay. think it's. I think it's I'm legit. Sure, like the rise of Skywalker, he said that, and then <laughs> this one. Okay, it's been like what four years since the, then? until Indiana Jones Six comes out, where they time travel and they grab the Infinity Stones and go fight Hitler himself with the gauntlet. Until that <laughs> one comes out, this is the last one he's going to score. Okay, mm-hmm. but now, now saying that, that's not even too absurd, is it? I could see a movie where well, they use the dial and they Dis- literally go I, fight Hitler by Disney. They um, go fight Hitler now. <laughs> they could the, easily with, bring Indiana Jones into the MCU. That would be more interesting than a dial, wouldn't it? If Indiana Jones found a Infinity Stone, that'd be crazy, and not Indiana Jones. <laughs> what is the dial of destiny, Indiana Jones? In your humble opinion, not really. Like, yes, Archimedes' dial is an actual historical thing. But, like, you're giving it supposed significance where there is none. Like, the Ark of the Covenant, like, whether you believe in the Bible or not, like, there is still a supposed uh, supernatural power to the Ark of the Covenant. And, um, like, even, like, Holy the Holy Grail, too. I can't really speak on the stones in the Temple of Doom. That's not what I know about the Saqqara stones. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know but, anything about um, those, but Archimedes style was or Archimedes dial was just a 
I think it's just a calculator, really. Like, yeah. I think you might have been able to track the like planets with it, but yeah, and I felt it throughout the movie too as they're looking for the other piece. I just never felt like like the arc. The arc there's automatically there a race like, for the arc. We can't let the Nazis get it, or yeah. else they will win World War. There's II. this huge race. You feel the weight of the arc. Same with the Sakara stones. You see what they're yeah, doing. Save all the villages like, in India. They they like take over Indy. Indy's literally under mind control. Mm. There's a weight there, and then the the Grail. There's that race to the Grail. Yeah. He's got to help his dad. Yeah, he's got to help his dad. So you you're invested in all these objects, mm-hmm. and then yeah, Crystal Skull. They you gotta they whiff find it, it there before the Soviets get it so they don't get psychic powers and yeah over everyone's minds or something. But even the dial, I never was like, yes, let's let's do this. This dial is fun. It I never it never bought me into the dial. A, we got to get the dial before. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen gets it, so he wins World War Two as Hitler. It's, that would have been cool uh, if that was the gotta fight get the of dial, the movie. The dial so we can sell it and get a lot of money. Yeah. Because yeah. that was Helena and she just spoke on that a lot. It was always, we can sell this for a lot of money. Yeah, so we got um, also in this movie, like you said, Helena and her, her little buddy. Teddy. Teddy. Yeah. yeah the, short round. Short round one. Great, great value short round. And... <laughs> You felt in this movie, you're, you're, you're looking at, uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge and you're looking at, uh, uh, Teddy. You just feel like, okay, they're trying, they're really trying to get India cast. And, and I didn't even hate Phoebe Waller Bridge. I, I like how she was different. She's different than a lot of the other female characters we've got. She was uniquely her own thing. She's written to be annoying and kind of move the plot forward. And then towards the end, you're a little more endeared to her how endeared to her you are that's up for debate but teddy the whole time like uh, him being able to fly a plane isn't like the most out there thing because we see no, his, yeah his character introduction I mean, he's kind Short of learning. was driving a car around with little bricks tied onto his feet right but te- you you felt te- they were trying to set teddy up as like a okay yeah this guy, this new short round. This is the new hey, he's a little, little scrapper. Yeah, the new dude. indie gang. But even him, he doesn't. He, I don't think he's a bad character, but he doesn't have that like short round. He comes on screen. I just love short you round. You love but, him. He's great. He has the the little boots. He has the little blocks tied in his feet. Mm-hmm. Indie, I love Doctor Jones. Doctor yeah, Jones. Doctor Jones. Great. Like yeah, those those are iconic characters, and we're not saying that Dial of Destiny is trying to copy them yeah but, yeah but you have elements like that to where they bring in a female companion they bring in a, a young short round s character but then they don't really do the indianisms you'd wish that they would lean into mm-hmm. but uh any other elements from this movie that you want to talk about or that you enjoyed i'd say what what do you enjoy did you like the the horse sequence or what what i um, mean mads Mikkelsen has a comedically large man working. It just huge. There's and, no way that guy's not CGI'd. Any time he's in frame, he takes up the whole frame. He's a massive dude. In, Indy comes up to like, I don't know, not even like his armpit. Like, his name's Oliver Richards. The actor or the character? It's like Hawk in the movie. But he is just, look at this. He's massive. He's a he. He was comedically like, uh, huge. But uh, any anything else? Any other notes from this movie? Just is this um, a satisfying film? Are you happy? As an indie fan, no. <laughs> as, as just a general moviegoer, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, as as a movie, it it was it was yeah, all right. But as a the a continuation to the Indiana Jones franchise. Mm. No, I think I think it whiffed. I yeah. think it failed in that department. It doesn't capture a lot of what you'd love indie to have, mm. and maybe that's you're limited because of Harrison Ford and his age. But you even see him; he gets some good action in. Uh, oh yeah, in this movie and in uh, Force Awakens, 
he he's got mm-hmm. some he's got a little bit of action left in him mm-hmm. but yeah i'd say as far as like a return to form because it felt like they went crystal skull was crazy and out there let's take one more step up this flight of stairs go a little more crazy let's do time travel that it it felt like inst- instead of taking a step down like they should have they wanted to take that step up and i don't know yeah. why i don't know why that is mm-hmm. so out of 10 parker what what would all you right. what, what number would you throw on this movie man so all right i think this was a better movie than crystal skull but a it was less indie than crystals that is a perfect that's exactly how i feel about it um, yeah so all right so from one to ten five being i was completely neutral didn't like it didn't not like it <laughs> i would say maybe a six six okay. and a half six and a half out of ten like i liked it but the indie fan of me is like come on you come on done, you could have done better yeah he's and that that really is the feeling that you have going into it. I'm gonna I'll slap a I'm gonna slap a let's go a little higher. I, I don't want to go as low as a five. I'll go five. Let's go six. I'll go. I'll match you. Mm-hmm. It's I'm a very like reluctant six. I I'd go five if I wanted to, but in this moment I'll go six just because it was a good experience to see Indiana Jones in the theater. That opening mm-hmm. train sequence, I thought, was really fun and captured the magic oh, that yeah. you... That, that train sequence might bump it up to... that. The opening sequence in general might bump it up to 6.5 for me. Okay, 6.5. That That's yeah. why I'm at a 6. I think the, the opening scene is really good. I think Harrison Ford brings his A game. It was cool to see Sala back in the mix. A little. He's like partly As a taxi driver. <laughs> There is a scene in this movie where Indy's like, I know a guy. I know a guy who, who drives a boat. And you're like, okay, we're going to get an old character from the old movies. This will be cool. I was cool. expecting the captain from Raiders. Yeah. They pull up and it's just Antonio Banderas. So we've never seen him Never either. seen in the franchise before. <laughs> Indy, my old friend. Yeah, it's cool to see Antonio like, Banderas. What, but do, do I recognize this? No. No, because I don't think he's Indy, been in. It's no. such an old franchise to where whenever a character comes back, you or a character shows up, you have to think, okay, is that is that someone I know? That's yeah. not someone I know. Especially when they bring back Sala, they bring back Marion. Um, like it definitely could have been one of the older people, and I don't know. Yeah, so so I'd say I'd say I'd slap a six on this just because I I'm not like. I'm just confused. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not angry. I'm not raging, like upset. And I'm not even like happy either. It just, I think it was a very fine, happened. fine it, movie. It was a movie. I think time travel was really ridiculous, especially mm-hmm. for Indiana Jones, the archaeologist. Um, the, the score was fun. The characters I thought were fun enough. I was never like, oh my goodness, this is atrocious. Never like that. I thought it, if, I would, it would be interesting to see how this movie would play if it wasn't a part of this franchise. If it was just a separate movie about an old archaeologist guy who time travels to see how that would play. That would be really cool. It like be, a time traveling historian. Yeah, time. it's just the fact that it's part of this franchise and they're continuing to add movies that increasingly make it more crazy. It just, I don't know. I like those first three movies, I'd say. Like last, the last crusade is your all time favorite movie. Yes. So those are really great films and it just is so weird to see the franchise continue. And it's just because even when, when uh, it will be cool to see what the fan base says about this, but when the sequel trilogy of star Wars came out, Mm -hmm. everyone seemed to really love the force awakens, but then the last Jedi came out and then rise of Skywalker came out and those are just, met with so much hate. I don't have that hate for this movie. I just have the... Just like a a little bit disappointed. Yeah, just like... 
like when you hear that your cousin or something was stupid, you're like, oh, I'm kind of yeah. upset at you. Mm. It doesn't shatter my world, but I'm a little upset. So with, with that being said, Parker, what is your ranking of every Indiana Jones film? And th- throw throw this right. one in there. Um, so top of the list, Last Crusade. That's an easy pick for me. Next, I would go Raiders, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, then I think then Temple of Doom. Were you debating Temple of Doom or Crystal Skull, or what are you what are you debating well, here? I think I enjoyed Dial of Destiny more than Temple more of Doom. More than Temple of Doom. Just as a more enjoyable movie. Really? But really. As ranking indie movies, <laughs> it there's not enough indie in Dial of Destiny. So Crazy. Temple of Doom, then Crystal Skull, then Dial of Destiny. Okay. Okay. You know what? That that's a no for no my ranking. Last Crusade, I think, blends what the franchise is all together. Like it, it's at its best. You get Sean Connery in there, you get his dad in there, you get uh I the only thing that could have made Last Crusade better was Short Round. If especially Dial of Death, if they put bring Short Round back, K Hugh Kwan back that would have been awesome. In any role, do that. That would he be awesome. Have been the captain. That would have been, oh, my old friend. Oh, dude. That would have been awesome. How cool would that have been? Dr. Jones. Oh, now we're, now we might have to bump down Dial of Destiny even further. But (laughs) no, yeah, Last Crusade, I think, blends everything so well. The action's so good. The story's so fun. The archaeological elements are really Mm -hmm. good. I think um, Indy's at his best in that movie. It's just overall really. The set pieces are awesome. awesome. Yeah. Overall, really. Solid film, arc arc of uh, the Covenant. I'd probably put second, even though a lot of people put it first. Really enjoy that movie. Like you said, the story it isn't as rich as the third one. Yeah, but I mean, it's a lot of people's favorite films. Like the generation before us, it's they love that movie. And all credit to them. I think it's a really great film with awesome set pieces. Indy as a character, just great. So that would be my second, third. I go Temple of Doom. Fourth, Crystal Skull. Fifth, Dial of Destiny. Yeah. So I just, I, I know Crystal Skull's not good at all, but I think that they do understand they, the character of Indy a yeah. little more than Dial of Destiny does. Mm-hmm. They they got the feel of an Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, they, they, they got the feel down, and that that's what was really important. Because mm-hmm. even how up and down that is, he's in a fridge, whatever, it does, it does have that that indie feels still you still feel yeah. like that's the character not that dial of destiny doesn't it just barely has it in there so yeah mm-hmm. here here we are two indiana jones fans we really like these movies we're just left kind of meh on this yeah. on dial of destiny we're i not, think that sums up pretty well yeah we're not angry we're not uh like overly going positive into this, i really had no idea what i was gonna say yeah like, so I just had a tough time putting into words. It just, I, it's just, I'm just going to have to tell my dad that Indiana Jones time travels now and see how he reacts to that. Hey, do you want to go see the new Indiana Jones movie? Dad, you want to see the new Indiana Jones back to the future crossover? Yeah. He time travels. He meets Doc Brown. It's really cool. Um, I think I'll pass. Anyway, I get to see uh, dead reckoning with my dad. So that'll be good. He loves mission impossible too. So at least, as one franchise is on its way out, we still got we still got Tom Cruise doing epic things. But with that being said, I think I think we've said all we really want to say on this movie. Uh, coming up with the podcast, we got I don't know when we'll do this, but we got Deadpool coming out. We got our Marvel movie marathon. We're keeping that plugging out. Deadpool is the next one that we're doing. When that comes out, no idea. Micah is going to Kentucky next week, so we're not going to have an. Uh, Marvel movie marathon next week but I'm sure me and Ben maybe Parker will we'll pump some, something out for you but yeah stay tuned thanks for sticking around I'm Ethan Wenseloff I'm Parker Duncan thanks for sticking around and listening to our thoughts on Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny we hope you have an absolutely fantastic day